welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Bulldogs preseason preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick Lord, a stats guru, fantasy nugget, and Matt Burton, essay writer. How are you going, Nick? <laughs> what it do, baby? Oh, mate. The, you're going to have to explain that to me sometime in a way that doesn't take an hour. The what it do, baby? Yeah. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, after winning the 2019 championship, is in the um, it's in the back of, I think, a limo with Serge Barker. He goes, what it do, baby? Ah, uh, fair enough. I wasn't expecting something that obscure, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> in a limo, okay, probably on someone's Instagram. All right, let's talk Bulldogs. So, mate, huge amount of changes this year. It pretty much is an absolute crapshoot, right, to talk about the team, yeah? No, we've got this nailed down. We've got this. I'm not sure, mate, because <laughs> it's changed. If anyone could do a weekend. Well, look, I've actually changed my mind since I wrote this, so let's go with the predicted <laughs> round one lineup. <laughs> okay, let's, let's oh, go, let's mate, go. it's an absolute shocker. So, at fullback, and this is the thing about the Bulldogs this year, right? They've absolutely churned over so much of their squad. It is This is all a guess, right? Do not hold a gun to our heads. So, look, at fullback, I've got Connor Tracy. At On the wings, Josh Adokar and Jacob Carraz. Uh At the centres, it looks like we probably have uh, Stephen Crichton and maybe Bronson Zeri, but it could be completely someone else, right? In the halves, I've, at the moment, I've probably got Matt Burton and Drew Hutchinson. So Max King and Liam Knight as the starting props. Reed Marnie at Hooker on the edges, Viliami Kikau and Jacob Preston are probably the only two guys who can accurately say will start in those positions. Josh Curran at 13. And on the bench, Sam Hughes, Ryan, I see Ryan Sutton's injured. So Sam Hughes, Kurt Mann, Jamin Salmon, and I oh know someone Some prop. Else. Some yeah. prop. Uh, Pusa Famasuli, whoever. Oh, maybe. Or um, uh, Harrison Edwards or someone. Yeah, that's it. Curtis Moran. Some dude. So, Nick, they're basically <laughs> churned like a thousand players. This is the thing. I wrote this like a week and a half ago, and already it's changed because they're just the rumors keep on coming out. There's so many flipping options. So, mate, how about you take us through the squad while I go and change up my flipping team list again? Mate, uh, in terms of games, you got Bronson Zeri, who's back from his four year ban. Stephen Crichton's in from the Panthers. Connor Tracy from the Sharks. Blake Taft from the Rabbitohs, Jamin Salmon as well from the Panthers, Josh Curran's in from the Warriors, Drew Hutchinson from the Roosters. Kurt Mann's down the M1 from the Knights. Jake Turpin's from the Roosters as well. See, I got Jake Turpin. Okay. Plus a famous silly from the Dolphins. And in terms of losses, plenty of churn again. Jake Averillo's likes the sun. He's up with the Dolphins. Tamita Pangai Jew, uh, it says retired, but really he could be unretired uh, after maybe training for one fight. I don't know if he actually fought. Carl Flanagan's off to the Dragons uh, for a play for Daddy. Uh, Paul Almotti plays for the Panthers now. Luke Thompson, he's gone see a mate back to England with the Wigan Warriors. Corey Waddell's off to the Seagulls. Braden Byrne, he's playing for the reserve grade uh, Rabbitohs New South Wales Cup side. Declan Casey's off to the Tigers on a training trial. Michael Gabriel is off to the Sharks. So no idea who he is at the end, but plenty of churn. Plenty of churn. Uh, look, it could be Chris Patolo. That's the other guy I was looking for in the squad. Because so many of those oh, yeah. other guys who played last year, they're not even in the top 30. Like all those guys like Curtis Moran and all the rest, they weren't even top 30. They were just basically New South Wales Cup guys that they got playing. Anyway, pretty ugly over there. Uh, injuries. So a couple of actually interesting ones here. 
So Carl Loapu, he has a neck injury. So he basically had a disc issue. He had surgery. He is out for the entire season, Nick. So he will not be seen again this year. Cool. Uh, we have Ryan Sutton, who did an eight-week injury two weeks ago. So he will miss probably the first three to four rounds. So uh, until he's back up fit and running. So, and then we have Connor Tracy, who basically did a deal with the Bulldogs. And while the paperwork was still being processed, then went and did a high ankle sprain. So over at the Sharks, they've obviously injured him deliberately, right, Nick? <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for legal reasons, that's a joke. Uh, so a uh, few injuries there, but Connor Tracy will be back. Uh, you know, I think he's already back, so he should be back up and running shortly. So let's talk about the strength of schedule, Nick, because the Bulldogs have a lot of players of interest. So how hard is their draw? Mate, it's the fifth uh, hardest overall. Um, they have the seventh hardest rounds 1 to 12. They have the second hardest origin period rounds 13 to 20. And the sixth hardest run home from rounds 21 to 27. So you heard that right. It's hardest, 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 and hardest. So pretty nasty. Uh, in terms of the buys, the round eight buy, which is pretty nice, round 15. And then the only major and minor origin buy round they have is the round 19, which is the major buy. So in terms of teams they have twice, they have the Cowboys, Dragons, Eels, Knights, Raiders, the Roosters, the Sharks, and the Warriors. So it's an absolute gauntlet to start the season, mate. They've got the Eels away round one, the Sharks away round two. They host the Titans round three. They're away to the Rabbitohs round four. They host the Roosters round five. They're down in Melbourne with the Storm for round six. The Knights at home for round seven before heading into their first bye in round eight. So fairly nasty origin period with the fairly unaffected Knights round 13 major bye round. So assuming Ponga is playing for the Knights, that is, and not the Queensland Maroons. Uh, they have the Eels at home, round 14. They have the round 15 bye. They have the Roosters away, round 16, uh, who should potentially be origin-affected. Not overly so, I imagine. I mean, they're missing Teddy. That's probably it. Yeah, and you um, get Joey Manu. Jeez. Anyway. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they're, they're not really – the Roosters are barely affected by origin these uh, days. And then so elite maybe too. That's about it. Yeah, so pretty much unaffected. So the Sharks are home round 17, and then the Warriors home round 18 uh, prior to their final bye in round 19. So the run home is actually pretty good, mate. So the Dragons away round 23, the Dolphins 24, the Warriors, the Seagulls, and the Cowboys. So pretty pretty good from a bye schedule point of view, but an overall nasty draw. So you can sort of pick up non-origin guns pretty nicely. Um, because they've only got the one major buy round. And critically, they're available for the first two. So um, I think that's really important. Yep, awesome. So, mate, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. There's plenty of places to talk about. But you've written, I'm counting here. I Let me just check the word count on this. I'm, I'm it's not about 700. It's about 700. <laughs> okay, guys, everyone, go <laughs> pause the podcast. Go get a drink. Drink the drink. Get a second drink and then sit down and listen to this. <laughs> All yeah, right. but you might need to go to the bathroom and only have one drink. I, I, I might go to the bathroom during this one, mate. Just tell me when you're done. Just send me a message. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, maybe. Okay, I've, I've pretty much done a deep dive for the last three years because he's such an intriguing player. So 642K, 47 break even. He averaged 46.7. He's a halves player. And he played 23 of 24 games last year. And in similar to 2022, uh, eight games for rounds 11 to 19. 
absolutely going ham, averaging 64.4, which is why I started in round one last year over Sean Johnson. Big regret. Anyway, uh, he had a solid patch of his fantasy potential, averaging 58.4 in eight games in 2023 from rounds eight to rounds 19. So that is if you exclude the zero to 66 scoreline uh, in round 18 against the Knights where he got a really crappy score. So I'm excluding that for the purposes of this analysis. So my point is, is that in 2022, he had an awesome eight-round stretch in the middle of the season, and he had another one in 2023. So after round 19 in 2022, he fizzled out with a thir- with pretty much a 39 average, and pretty much the same in 2023, averaging around 40. So in 2022, the, Bul- the Bulldogs just generally faded, and Birdo was absolutely cooked after his first Origin series. But in 2023, Toby Saxon arrived uh, for round 19 and tanked Burton's average. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so there are plenty of other spanners in the works too. So number one, which position does Matty Burton play? There was talk of him moving into the centers in November last year, but appears to have the starting 5'8 gig heading in towards 2024. So it sort of feels like a really prove-it year for him in a 5'8 point of view. And to Stu's point earlier, who is Burton's halves partner? He's got Hutchinson at the moment, um, but as I mentioned, he averaged 40 with Sexton from round 19 onwards. Um, as I mentioned, the dogs were cooked. Now, if Hutchinson is the half, Hutchinson is a much more dominant half, averaging 45 in 2022 games in the halves uh, over a three-year period, and he assumes a 65 kick meter percentage. So my educated guess is that Hutchinson's kick meters would give way to uh, just like Toby Sexton did. So Sexton averaged 70% at the Titans and then only drank 27% when he moved to the Bulldogs and played with Burton. Uh, but what is interesting is that hutchison Kiri combo, where Kiri was a dominant 5'8", was basically even. They each shared the kicking, 47% each. So um, I say that to say is we, we don't think Burton's kick meters will fall off a cliff. Um, at worst, they'll go down to 47%, I think. And I'm sort of suggesting that you should still have the majority, but not drinking all the milkshake like Sean Johnson's lion's share from last year. So... How can Burton realize his enormous on-field and fantasy potential? Now, uh, this sort of goes for a lot of Bulldogs players. The Bulldogs were the second last in offense and absolutely dead last by a long way in defense. They're the worst net rating. They basically came 20th in defense last year, too, conceding the most tries down the middle. In particular, they conceded 43 tries in 2023 down the middle. No other team conceded more than 30. They were soft guys, and they lost a lot of players. Let that sink in. No one conceded more than 30. They let in 43. Other team stats, whether they were 16th in possession, 14th in completions, last in missed tackles, 10th in errors, 15th in penalties, and last in total fantasy points as calculated by Stu. So basically, while they came third last on the table, they were so, 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 so bad and the worst team in the comp, in my opinion, last year. Uh, In 2024, the Bulldogs have dropped a lot of flogs and dead weight in their camp. They're going into the season fairly healthy. Uh, they also had numerous internal issues with players not joining with the Sorrell their way and didn't look like a team that had any togetherness whatsoever despite the preseason videos of their preseason camp. Uh, as mentioned, the 2023 middle rotation was, and in my opinion, opinion continues to be very shaky looking at middle rotation, but really couldn't get much worse than last year. Uh, hence, I think they'll need to lean on their house King Gamer backs to win games and rely on Serraldo, uh cleaning up their middle defense. So focusing now on Birdo's individual stats, there's definitely a path to a high 50s average because he 
uh, he maintained the goal kicking despite the presence of Toby Sexton, and he still has 61% of the kick meters, uh, in my opinion, which was 65 without Sexton in, in 2023. So he's not really taking a hit there in the, from the kick meters point of view, in my projection. Uh, he has historical pedigree of scoring high 50s um, when he's playing for a good team. Uh, he scored 58 in nine games playing halves for the Panthers. And some quotes from Matty Burton Selfstew via Sports. Uh, from Fox Sports via Stu. Not one of my best pre-seasons uh, personally. Oh, I, feel like I, I feel like I could add a lot, lot more value to the side. Having a full preseason under my belt was the main one for me last year. I missed out on last year's preseason and sort of floated into the season. So I feel a lot fitter this season. I've been working on little effort areas around my game, little supports and defense. I feel like I lacked those lacked in those areas last year. Uh, look, I'm jokingly, I'm going to say is a boom, but in all seriousness, you can look at him a couple of ways. Number one, yeah, everything I just presented, you pause the podcast, we're into the app, moved Foggy to the bench or out altogether, you brought Umberto, or you can sit back, wait for the round eight buy and pick him up as a solid halves option from round seven for buy round coverage. So I'm sort of leaning towards number two in not picking him up. So whilst, I, in my opinion, there are plenty of catalysts for him to actually realize his fantasy potential, I think it might be safer just to sit back and see what do you think, Eustu? Uh, look, for me, it's one of those ones where I think that Burton definitely has a lot of potential. I think that the Bulldogs, unfortunately, when they failed, they kind of pinned a lot of the hopes to stiffen up the middle on Tahiako, who failed his fitness test. And then you've got guys like Ryan Sutton going down. So I'm just not sure how stiffer their middle is this year. So basically, totally agree. So you've got it's Liam Knight, serial concussionist. You yep. have uh, Max King, who's solid, but has the lateral movement of the he Titanic. Was, he was there last year. He was there last year. Yeah, Max King. So yeah, he was in there. And then you've got... Uh, Josh Curran, who is nice, but he's not the biggest body in the world. And then you'll have Kurt Mann in there at times. Like, I guess where I'm talking about here is that there's that. Plus, if Hutchison does play, in the same article, what I saw there was uh, Matt Burton says this about Hutchinson. He brings a lot to the team. He's got a great kicking game and takes a lot of pressure off the halves as well. So from what I can see there is that Hutchinson might be showing these guys how to do business. If he is starting, I'm not saying he will. They could just have him around to help him train on the weekends. But I reckon that Hutchison has gone there to try and get himself a starting job. At which point I would say, uh, unfortunately, he's just going to drink just enough of Burton's milkshake to kind of leave him stuck around where he is. The only other thing yeah. that I would say about Burton is that he will have kick out outside him this year or inside him, depending on the defensive or offensive line, which will help. Because kick out going down pretty early before they had really built that combination certainly hurt. And which side is Stephen Crichton playing? Uh, so I think Zeri, Zeri's a, a right centre from Disney. Oh, look, Stephen Crichton will play wherever they need him. Uh, he can, he's played left and right wing, left and right centre. So I don't think he cares. I think on preference, he'd probably prefer right centre because he par can palm with the left. That's his dominant hand. So, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't work out. I think I was trying to work out Bronson Zeri, which side he's going to play on. But yeah, so hopefully kick out and Crichton oh, together, hey, it, from a combination but it could, could be Blake, on the outside. It could, yeah, it could be Blake Taffer fullback. I don't know. But the but yes, look, if you got those those guys together, although they could put Crichton over the other side to try and spread a little bit of the attack out. So who knows? Uh, it's probably one to watch for trials for me because I reckon that they will play a lot of the trials to this Bulldog squad to get some game time into them. Yep. Uh, totally agree. Totally agree. So you, you'll sort of get a good feel for where the halves and combinations are, the spine, and also this middle rotation. I just don't, you know, until you sort of see the middle rotation, I just don't think you can take Matt Burton. And I'm the biggest Matt Burton fan out there. Like, you know, 
I just don't think he can. Yeah, um, not at the moment. He's, he's, he's got no real platform or ability to generate any ruck speed. And then if he can't generate any ruck speed, he can't get his uh, uh, he can't use his frame, you know, and his speed um, because the the defensive line is just going to rush up on him. So That's and um, yeah, I just don't see much of a path. Uh, necessarily no. from round one. So, yeah. Now, let's talk about Drew Hutchinson next because I'm, I'm really interested in him. So, you had a look at him, whether he's the dominant or non-dominant halfback. Yeah, mate. So, he's 400K. So, he's 29 break even, which is the number we're looking at here. So, it could go two ways. As you said, dominant non or uh, less dominant or dominant. So, from a less dominant point of view, uh, he averaged 36.5 in four of the five games playing with Luke Keery. The other game he scored 102. So I'm just sort of leaving that out on the side there. So not much meat on the bone there. And I'll have him as a bust if Hutchinson's a less dominant guy. But if Hutchinson turns out to be the dominant guy, they just say, Berto, you just do big kicks and pretty much you're running the ball. Yep. Um, like, like a 5'8". Yep. Like Jack Whiten, pretty much, right? Um, uh, Hutchinson averages 45 mate, in 17 games without Kiri from 2021 to 2023 as a dominant half. So in that period, he played with Sam Walker and Lachlan Lamb. So he's an absolute boom. So that's 15 plus points in value there. I just don't see the dogs making Burton a less dominant half necessarily unless they move him out of the house altogether. I um, I kind of disagree there. I'd see them as trying to give it to him to just allow Matt and Burton. They've been trying to work out what to do with him for a while now. They're like, he's a really good runner. He's got a great boot on him for those big bombs, but there's only so many of those you can put up a game because often they yep. go over the dead ball line, right? They land 20 meters out, still go over the dead ball line. Yep. So from my side, it's one of those ones where I think that if Hutchison does get that start, um, I reckon that, that it's because he will be running the team around, kind of like what Jamal be will be doing over at the Raiders. It's just tough because it's like, well, okay, you brought Burton in, you've had him for a couple of years, and you're just going to take all this responsibility away from him. It just doesn't make too much sense, doesn't it? Cause well, except he hasn't he, delivered he with that best? responsibility. That's the issue. No, 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 no. That's not fair because the Bulldogs have been trash fire, like but absolutely he, dumpster fire. But he's the guy who's also running them around. Remember that good halves can mean that he turns bag squads nah, better. Not, not, no, no, no. Not with that forward pack. That forward pack's been trash for two years. Absolute trash. Garbage. Absolute garbage. I get it. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that Matt Burton, he's sort of floated in and floated out of seasons. He's even admitted himself. I would have that they got someone else to run around and he learns the trade a little bit longer. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely see Hutchison being a, a good influence, but I think if you take too much away from him, it's like, okay, well, if he's your best player, you know. I suppose, so you're sort of thinking like playing like Cody Walker and Jack White pretty much. On well, at, at, least, at least for a year or two. And you can play on both sides if you want, but just at least for a year, learn the trade and take on more responsibility as he goes. I think the issue has been is that he's been running alongside some other unexperienced guys like Toby Sexton, and they've just looked directionless, the dogs. They're not making meters. They made the least meters, and it's not just the forward pack who determines that. It's also how well you kick and how well you structure your sets, how much you talk. He's just not doing those things. That's all. Yeah, he's definitely not the answer at halfback for sure. No. He's definitely not. So, look, all I can say here is that for me, if Drew Hutchinson starts at seven, he will probably bat 90% certainty being my squad. That's yeah, all. nice. So, and, okay. and, and I'll be really watching them, especially in that second trial. To confirm that up. Yep. Yep. He's, he's pretty expensive though. Like you can get um, Flano. For I, I get them both. Okay. Yep. I, 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 I yep. get them both. So High as, upside. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because you can, you might be able to get a guy who can average 45 for 29. 
Yep, yep. Excellent. But look, the next guy we're both keen on, um, Josh Curran. What are we thinking? Mate, 501k, which I think in the DPP of the mid-edge makes him super juicy. So his break-even is 36. Uh, a real 22 uh, breakout star for the Warriors in the lock position until he got injured. So in, in 2022, in games where he played more than 60 minutes, he was averaging 59 in 72 minutes for a 0.83 ppm at lock. It was awesome. Mm. And he averaged a 45 in 76 minutes for a 0.6 ppm in the second row. So we definitely want him playing lock, which is sort of projected to play for the Bulldogs. In my opinion, you could pretty much throw out his 2023 stats as his role was very inconsistent for the Warriors. They're a good team playing 11 games in the back row for a nice ppm of 0.7 and eight games off the pine for a 0.67 ppm. So pretty much I'm not particularly interested in looking at last year's stats. Um, so assuming you get 60-ish minute, 0.83, projecting a 50 average, that's 14 points of value. So he's a boom. Any more minutes and we could really see 20 points of value here. So if he gets sort of that 70 minutes, he could go him. Or if he gets the 80 minutes, I think that's unlikely. But we look yeah. at this depth for the middles here, mate. I don't see why he's definitely not locking in for a 60 minutes, right? The Look, I, I'd sort of see him, even if we look at the downside, so 50 minutes times 0.83. 41.5, yeah? So yeah, he's still making money. Yep. He's still making money. It's And he's such high ownership at 44%. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I see him close to the 60. The only fly in the ointment is Kurt Mann, Mr. Utility, who I think will pinch some minutes off Reed Marnie and off Curran and possibly off the props too. So they brought him in to be the genuine utility. That's where I think the danger is for Curran. But I don't think it's huge because Curran's pricing at 36 is not the worst, right? No, I don't think you're going to lose your shirt by picking him up. No. And basically, as dumb as it sounds, you've got 21 players uh, and 10 million to play with. So you've got just under 500K. He's 500K. He's a pretty safe bet. And there's, if not, you can always flip out to another option, right? And the DPP, the DPP, I do like a lot. Excellent. Yeah, I've got him, sta- I've got him starting. So uh, if I can find a better mid, I'll definitely put him on the edge. Uh, yeah. On the bench, sorry. Yeah, I, I like him. Uh, he's in my starting squad too, in the middle. Uh, let's look at a guy who may or may not make the squad, Bronson Zeri. Mate, 450K, 33 break even. He's a center. So the product is talent is back from the well-publicized four-year PD suspension. So he averaged 38 in 20 full games in 2019 with a 60% try screen rate as an 18-year-old. So he'll need to watch trials to see if his speed is still there. Overall, whilst he's been out of the game for a long while, this could be a serious answer to our problems at center. 6'2", 100 plus kilos. Stu, is he over 100 kilos or so? You've seen him. Is he a big boy? He's a big boy. He's he's what's he'd be about six three. And now look, he could have changed. I saw him before he started last time I saw him was before he started training at the Bulldogs. So he may have put off some of the muscle as some of these guys do as they move into the season. Like they, they sort of bulk up so that when they lean down with his long cardio stints, they're still strong ass. But anyway. So he's he's an absolute wrecking ball. So he's pretty much like a tall Bradman best, pretty much, right? From like a build point of view. Yes. Um, I'm not saying he's Bradman best. I'm just saying like from a makeup point of view. So it could be an absolute wrecking ball. Could hit low 40s average. It's just not fantasy advice to get him, right? Like it's just we don't have enough risk. We, we, we don't know enough. That's the issue. We haven't seen him. I reckon we could probably get a few games in Reggie's, I'll be honest with you, before they bring him back. Great in. call. Great call. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So watch trials on and that one. And if what- Taff stinks it up, this is what I, this is honestly how I think this season will go, right? Taff yep. is okay, but he's not a great fullback, right? We he's saw not that. Great. We, we saw that. Now he could turn around. Sorolla could be the coach of the century, right? But I see that Taff will last a few games, you know, possibly up to around 10 or 11, uh, at which point they'll start hitting the buttons like the 
pull looks in the last few years and making changes, at which point they'll probably pull someone like Steve Crichton or Connor Tracy to fullback to fill up that role. And then they'll bring in someone like Sherry uh, into the squad. And that's when I'm assuming that he's killing it in reserve grade. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blake Taff is like a knockoff Reese Walsh is in here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that Blake Taff has a prototype in the NRL. He feels a lot like Jamie Soward who decided to become a fullback. No, no, no. He, look, he's, he, he's played like Reese Walsh, just like disc, major discounted, right? Yeah, maybe. He plays fast and he's small, right? And he's <laughs> okay. nimble and change of speed and all that. No, you don't think he... I think he moves like him. Anyway. Fair enough. No, fair enough. I'll, I'll take the replays. I felt he was always a little bit slower, which was my thing against him. Safe. That, that's why it's discount, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and okay. yeah, five foot ten, which means that he's not uh, he's not knocking down the doors. Yeah. Moving okay. on. Read Read Marnie, five eighty K, my last one, forty two, break even. Uh mate, I got burnt holding Marnie last year. As I believed in his twenty twenty one stats. We scored sixty two in seventy six minutes. Uh, in games he played over 60 minutes. So the last two years have been an absolute shit show, averaging 45 and 46 games over 60 minutes. The old problem was health, and now the new problem is production. Look, he could get back to high 40s by uh, just not missing 5.7 tackles per game and missing his career average prior to 2023 of three per game. That's five and a half points alone. So it gets by cleaning that up. Yeah. Yep. This is clear function of the problems mentioned uh, in the Burton dissertation <laughs> in relation to Dogs Middle having more holes at a golf course. Um, solid option, but not a boom option necessarily. Trials will inform whether they fix the middle, as I mentioned before. Yeah. I just I just can't recommend it, eh? No, look, it's there's certainly value there. There's potential there because you right. If they fix up the defensive side, there's three to five points of value. And then if there's any sort of attacking stats which he can get his hands on, which have been essentially negligible, right, apart from the occasional forty twenty, then Reed can get back there too. So I think that he is a tier one hooker who's been in a tier seven squad. So if they can find their way back, it you know otherwise it might be a great option for next year because I think that slowly. They will start to piece together their 25 squad, right, Nick? Mm. Yep, 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 yep. Excellent. Uh, let me have a look quickly through my guys. Fortunately, there are no essays for people. So let me go through the first one. <laughs> Steve Crichton, 620K, 45 break even. So luckily, let's start center round one, which even with goal kicking, if he gets it, is a risk. So you're taking him out of top two side and moving him to a bottom four side. No great ball from Cleary or Luai. No forward momentum from James Fisher, Harris, and Leota. So wait and watch on Crichton. He's of interest if at fullback and goal kicking because he averages uh, close to 40 and seven games at fullback without goal kicking. Uh, but even then, it's still a bit of a wait and see proposition. So he could be sort of a mid 40s uh, to low, to, you know, high 40s fullback. But at 45 break even, Nick, there's just not much value there, right? No. And he wouldn't get the DPP up front. So wait and watch. He might be a guy to have in your final team at center, though. If he does end up at fullback, like again, probably 50-50 he does, he's the guy that you might want to bring in at some point because he'll probably avoid origin. He could uh, lose cash in the centers and then move to fullback and then you pick him up just in time for the DPP update, right? That's it. Uh, He's only 23, dude. Like He's got crazy potential still. Oh, that's true. Same as Matt Burton. (laughs) That's the thing. but we're not buying either at the moment. Uh, Connor Tracy, 551, 41 break even. So he averages 37 at center, 44 at fullback. He's at 41. Neither is enough to want us to buy. So he's an avoid to start the season for Connor Tracy. 
especially coming off a shortened preseason due to that ankle injury. Jacob Carraz, 556k 40 break even. So Carraz is of major interest to us as there are a few centers, like there are not many centers with 10 points of value this year. So we need to find players with fringe keeper status at a discount if we do want value or we just want to buy guns. Yeah, Nick? So like spend as few trades at center as possible. Yep. So personally, I hate buying guns at full price. But if we look at Jacob Kraz, he's priced at 40. He averages 47.3 at center in an awful squad. So even averaging this down a little bit due to the fact that he's not going to try and do everything in a more talented squad, you know, thinking 45 points for him for 2024 if he gets the center spot over Zeri and Tracy. So on the wing, he's not as strong with a 38 average, which is still pretty damn decent, but just not, you know, he's priced at 40, so he's an avoid. So basically for me, if Jacob Kraz does sneak that center roll, Nick, he will probably beat out Will Penasini, Joey Sawali, and a few other people into my squad as a discount keeper, or at least lack of trade hooker. As hooker center. I just wouldn't do it because he could be moved. Yeah, he certainly could be. But I, I, if they start him at center, they'll really want him to state, right? Nah, I don't think that at all. I think he could be moved. Fair enough. Look, for me, it's one of those ones where I, I think that if they do put the emphasis there, that he does start there, like they start Steve Crichton there, they move Kraz and then play someone like Blake Wilson or on the wing or even Cherry at the wing, then we'll go from there. Uh, yep. Okay, Sam Hughes, 250k, 18 break even amid. She's been getting huge raps from Gus, Seraldo, and the other boys in the squad during their media stints. So pretty much if he starts, it's an absolute lock. Now off the bench, it's iffier, but the lack of depth in the squad is promising. His talent is decent with a history as an under-18 state of origin player for New South Wales. He averages 31 in New South Wales Cup in 40 minutes, and it's hard to not see 10 points of value for Sam Hughes in the squad. And the other reason why I'm confident, Nick, is guess who the guy is who Gus had big raps on last season in the preseason? Who's that? Jacob Who's that? Preston. So Gus, you know... You he- just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, yep, Sam Hughes, you're on, mate. He's in my squad, and he should probably be in your emergencies somewhere too. So keep an eye out for him in the trials. Again, Liam Knight, 385k, 28 break even. So Liam Knight's had a bad run in the last few years and has left the Rabbitohs for greener pastures. It's pretty simple. If he gets the starting spot, it should do okay, with a long-term average of 42.5. The issue is we've got so little going. So he's got three starting games in 2023 at the position, and, you know, that's not great. He's a bit of a serial concussion risk. So on the plus side, the depth in the squad isn't great. And so they may just need to play him decent minutes. On the downside, look at what happened to Ryan Sutton last year. They needed middles, but they <laughs> hated friggin' Sutton. So um, I'm thinking that there's 10 points in value potentially, but there's also that risk factor. So factor this in. So Liam Knight's been a guy who's been in and out of my side a few times as well, Nick. Just thinking there, because I almost certainly see a pathway of 10 points in value. It's just about that risk Right. What's uh? What's his minutes projection around forty? Around forty or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind that Ma- at all. Ma- I, I definitely see ten points there. Easy. Ma- Maxi King is. I said fifty. Uh, night at forty, and then you've got guys like all the rest of at thirty, apart from Kurt Mann, who might get thirty-five, forty, but he'll still probably five or five or so off Reed Marnie, maybe ten. Uh, having a look at the rest of the squad, really look, Viliama Kikau, 513k, 37 break even. Uh, his discount's not enough. He averaged 44 at the Panthers, and the dogs are only half of the Panthers, literally at this point. We've got half the squad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Exactly, the Wish.com version of the Panthers. Uh, so footy stud, but just not fantasy relevant in the role. Uh, and 
wouldn't you love a lie detector? You hook up Kikau and Berto and you, you put them in and you say, is the money worth it? Is it? Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. When all your mates are on um, TikTok and, you, you know, the group chat's showing off the rings constantly, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be Mate, so good. Do you know what's really funny? If the Panthers win this year, Mitch Kenny will have as many legit rings as Cameron Smith. Wow. At hooker, I'm pretty sure, or come very close. <laughs> that starts to get insane, right? Yeah, you know, no, it already is insane, though. But, yeah, anyway. That's what I mean. It gets pretty gross. Um, let's keep on going. Jacob Preston, 701K. He's actually undervalued due to a game off the bench and several games with a badly broken finger. Do you remember he broke that finger and really couldn't tackle properly for a little while? Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Middle of the season, plus a sim bit in his final game, which had a score in minutes. So take out the reduced minute games and some injury games up to a 54 average and a couple of points for the games that he missed. So we're thinking he's pretty close to a keeper, Nick. Like mid fifties average for twenty twenty four, which is pretty high. So you know, not enough to call him outright, but there's value there. And in draft, there's definitely value in Jacob Preston. Yeah, he's a gun. He's yeah. a yeah mid fifties guy. Absolutely. So absolutely, he's one of those ones. Unfortunately, seven hundred k. There's just so many edge options this year. But for draft, keep an eye out, mate. A forty eight base. Jesus. Yeah, oh, he's he's a stud. And so, and he can find a try. He runs the absolute. Who's the guy who used to run that shit line for the Dragons? He used ben to run. Cray. There we go. He runes that Ben Cray line. It, like, he is Ben Cray, 100%. No fear, no limit. You see him just running in and he's going to cop a shoulder or something, but he'll just hit it hard enough that sometimes he crashes over. Anyway. My, I, that, that's an awesome call. I love that. That's it. And if he gets a good half medium, good ball, even better, right? Because. You know, if you do get someone like Drew Hutchison feeding him some good ball, it could be, we could see even more from Jacob Preston. Uh, Kurt Mann, so 32 break even, 435k. So even at lock, his average is 38, and that's propped up by some 70 plus minute games. Mann is likely the full utility and as such, avoid at all costs. So he is a bust. Avoid him in all formats. <laughs> so I just, I can't see a thing if he even at lock it just there's no value there he's just not that type of guy no and having a look through the rest of this squad there's just there's no value in here just because it's all up in the air right like blake taff sorry we, i haven't included him but we need to talk about blake taff oh god we have to because if he starts a fullback uh and he is actually probably one of the top three owned bulldogs so okay. what he averages 30 at fullback that's pretty much it that's it and what's he priced at uh no idea. 23, 24. He's priced at 24 and at fullback. Now, this isn't a good squad, I might add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's got zero job security. Yep. So, and he's kicking goals. Like, okay. So, sorry, excluding goals, excluding goals, his average is 24. Okay. So, he he's a very decent goal kicker. Yeah. But no, don't, he's not going to get goals. He's not. Not as many as he was getting. Like, he's scoring 41 points last year. Against, no, that's what I'm saying with seven goals against the Titans and two tries. He's just, yeah, no, it's not happening. He averages 24. He's honestly a dog for fantasy if he's not kicking. He's going to bring, he's going to bring down the fullback mean again. Seriously, he's yeah. just like if, oh, yeah. If man. you weren't like, if like, you weren't killing it at Souths with how good their backline is, yeah. no, he's a great player. He, he's got serious guts. He plays hundred miles an hour. Like tries his heart out. Didn't he win the comp in the reserve grade or something, captain or something like that? Like gun player, just not fantasy relevant in my opinion. Yeah, that's it. Top score was a sixty-five against the Bulldogs, and that's he got a double and three goals and three line breaks. So just Ooh. his absolute best game. 
right? That's the sort of game that Pap scores 112. Yeah, literally. Okay. Uh, I think that's just about it for the Bulldogs. We've been going on for a while there. Do we want to wrap it up? Let's get it, mate. Excellent. This is Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, Canterbury Bulldogs preseason preview signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.